Welcome to the Winning Move Podcast. I'm your host, Stratton Brown. I interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world to see what moves they've made in their lives to get successful and more importantly, stay successful. I'm here to make sure you can create a better life for you and your family. Let's tune in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We have another amazing guest on today, my friend Carlos from, and I don't know how to pronounce your last name, bro, so I'm not going to do it, <laughs> from Investor Fuse. How you doing, bro? Strat, my guy. It's not too complicated. Just Zamora. My okay. friends call me, my friends call me Los, short for Carlos. So you can go with that. But yeah, just Zamora. Hell yeah. So, I mean, let's start off. I want to talk about your CRM and we'll take a bunch of different avenues after that. Let's talk about how the CRM can make it so you work less and like the pivot you guys made from wholesaling into a CRM just for different reasons and everything else. But yeah, let's talk about how a good CRM helps you not really have to work at all if you have the systems in place. Awesome. So yeah, I'll dive kind of into the tactical real estate stuff so we can jam on uh, stuff that we like to talk about most of the time. But yeah, a CRM makes sense once you start having a good bit of leads coming in or consistent leads coming in. If you have someone handling your cold calling for you, for example, those leads are going to be coming in and some people starting off um, or even successful people, you're able to do it on pen and paper. That's the first podcast interview I got ever interviewed on was the um, Joe Fairless daily one about transitioning from a pen and paper to a CRM. So there's a lot of backend tools and I'm the farthest guy from being the tech guy in the entire company, but there's a lot of backend tools and softwares that you can use to make your marketing tools connect to your CRM. So that's kind of the first leverage point that I talk about with InvestorFuse or a lot of other CRM providers out there is that it's going to automatically capture leads from any type of way that you're marketing. Direct mail, cold calling, texting, driving for dollars, anything like that. So I'm a big fan of the book Compound Effect. So let's say it roughly takes like 60 seconds to manually write that lead information down or enter it into an Excel spreadsheet. If you get 100 leads let's say you get a hundred leads a month, something like that, you're rocking and rolling. It's going to save that amount of time compounded every month, year, you know, quarter, whatever you're looking at it. Um, So that's kind of the first leverage point. And then for us, we focus on follow-up and being efficient with touching leads because like in real estate, and I'm sure a lot of sales industry or any type of B2C and B2B businesses too, a lot of the actual contract getting signed or the money being made is going to be a lot of follow-up it's not going to be on the very first touch, like those unicorn type deals. So that's where we really focus a lot of this, a lot of our product on our automated drip campaigns, which we call sequences. So if someone's not ready to sell right away, or you just want to stay on top of them and help save a little bit of your manual time doing phone calls and stuff, you can click a couple buttons and put them on a drip campaign. We have a default one that's 14 months of just text. Oh, emails. Yes. Yeah. And then you can make your own custom ones that are two, three years if you want that are text, email, and ringless voicemail and internal custom tasks to whoever the opportunity owner is, whoever's taking ownership of that particular lead. So you're pretty much like, you're just throwing a ton of communication and it's taking a couple seconds versus hours and hours. If you were to break down the amount of time, if you were to manually phone call each of your leads that you're responsible for. Oh yeah. And well, I mean, when you get to, and I'm not saying I'm at scale at all, right? But sometimes when you're doing a couple deals a month, you have 60 follow-up calls a day. Mm-hmm. To where if you could automate that with just a couple texts, some RVMs and everything else, it frees up so much of your time and then you don't even have to go get a leads manager yet, right? So mm-hmm. it goes, I think CRM, then you get a leads manager 
And then after that, when you're completely bombarded with just deals, then you can get an acquisitions guy, right? Absolutely. Like you can do a lot of deals with a good CRM and then a lot of deals with a good CRM and a leads manager, and you're not ha having to fork out a lot or get out and give out more of your deals and manage more people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's one thing, just to talk about the service element of Investor Fuse that we go in, all in on as well. We're very big on like systems and processes and in general, like 80-20 principles, trying to do and make moves as efficiently as possible. So one thing that we go all in on is providing good like video training on how to use the products in context oh, yeah. of different jobs in your roles, like a lead manager. That's one new thing that we have coming out, a lead manager job role training course where they watch probably like a playbook of two to three hours of videos. Then they take a test and then they're certified as a lead manager and investor fuse so that you could take that person exactly how you're outlining chronologically, get the CRM in place, hand it over to a lead manager. You do some light, you know, kind of watching them, making sure they're doing everything correctly, how you like, and then they're good to go. Bro, that's big. That's really big. Cause you can now, I like that. Cause you can build a business per se, and it's not it's called, like, you don't have to have an acquisitions guy. All these people think mm -hmm. they need, I need to go get a sales dude. I'm just like, bro, you could just go get a leads manager, have them make some phone calls for you. And then that way you only talk to like five hot leads a day mm -hmm. and you don't need a sales dude. Mm -hmm. And then you go get a buy the file transaction coordinator or you train up your leads manager to handle that. And like, it doesn't need to be some massive, massive, heavy staffed, heavy overhead operation. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. I like in general marketing, any type of principles in life, like kind of staying as lean as possible and seeing if you can stretch that out, stay a little bit thin before, you know, having to bring on more expenses for sure. Okay. What else um, separates investor fuse from like really other CRMs? And I like Podio breaks a lot. And mm -hmm. I mean, this is just where I'm at. I like being able to use Podio because I can do with what I want with it. But at the same time, mm -hmm. it's, what's it called? It's a black hole. Legitimate. Mm -hmm. It's a black hole if you go in there. <laughs> And you're like, oh, well, we can make it do this, this, and this. And then when you make it do all those things, it breaks, like hands down. Those are my cons for Podio, and that's generally who everybody uses. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'll give you, I'll, I'll kind of give a little bit of a chronological answer here. So we were the first company to launch a CRM on top of Podio as like a turnkey okay. CRM for investors. That was February of five years ago, February 2016. Uh, and then it was kind of like the guy, the first guy that ran, I always mess up the name, George Bannister, or something like that, that ran the first four minute mile. A couple, the next year after that, there was a handful of companies that launched on Podio as well. Okay. It's a project management tool. Like you can, and we still have a lot of companies that have been with us since close to the beginning that are still on Podio and it's a great, a great platform. Absolutely. But really what made us change is kind of twofold. What made us build our own platform is twofold. One, and first and foremost was the feedback that we were getting, is that most of our clients and kind of like our, our character client or character client is not someone who has strengths with software or tech. It's like somebody that just wants to talk to people. I mean, somewhat like me, like I'm not a tech guy. I understand just enough because I'm in the product every single day. So most of the features and functionality weren't being used. When you get an investor fused workspace on Podio, just to give people numbers that have Podio setups, it's three different workspaces with, I think, like 60 something different apps. So you could be doing like all types of different stuff. And at the end of the day, people were just weren't, most companies were not using all the features and functionality. It's something like you go to a RIA meeting and it's kind of like the uh, the fishing story, like where they say how big the fish they caught. They're like, oh yeah, I use a CRM investor fuse. It can do X, Y, Z. And people are like, all right, are you actually using all it? And they're like, no, I'm only using a couple things. So the first main reason was just feedback that we got from years working with 
hundreds of companies is that they just wanted something more simple and easy to use and simple and easy to train on. Because as you know, and I've heard between me and you talking and just hearing your podcast, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Um, there's a lot of turnover with your staff and stuff like that. So we realize you're going to have different acquisitions, people in there, potentially different admins, lead managers. So we want to have something that's simple and easy to use heavily trained as far as the video knowledge base, and then also have top of class customer success, which is essentially like proactive reach out and proactive training to make sure that you and your team are using the tool efficiently. Um, but then the second reason, which is like kind of like one, a one B was we were scaling this SaaS company software as a service company where okay. the back end of our tool, we didn't own the back end of our tool. Like we didn't own Podio slash Citrix. So yeah. it's like we were building this thing, but at the end of the day, like if they just wanted to pull the rug from out from under us, they could do that. And we didn't we couldn't do anything about it. Oh yeah. That that would freak me out. That mm-hmm. would freak me out. Like to where at we're at a point in the call center. We're not anywhere near where we need to be, but like at a point you have to make your own dialer and proprietary software because like you need that control. And like you need your own developers and everything else building out. Like same thing you're at. Where I'm having these issues. I don't. If something goes wrong with them, I don't want to be at the beholden tour. I can't generate revenue for a couple of days, mm-hmm. right? Because like Podio does just shut down. Yeah. Or gets. Do you guys run on AWS? Uh no. We have the backend. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but no, it's not AWS. Right. And so one thing I've learned with Podio, if you're on Podio at like three to five, it runs on AWS. AWS has the most people on there at that point in time. So it's really, really, really slow. And that's a pain, right? So that's just other things you'll run into. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, like the personality type that you kind of hit on strap was that, uh, and I'd, I'd probably be this way if I was managing a real estate business with a podio based CRM is that people can go down these rabbit holes where it's not, where they go tweaking their, their podio and stuff like that, or whatever CRM they're using. And there's a certain like yield or there's a certain threshold where it's like, yes. dude, after X amount of tweaking, like you're not staying in your highest dollar per hour or your highest revenue revenue generating hourly tasks. Like you're going beyond the threshold. You should be doing different stuff besides that. Oh, without a doubt. One, like most investors think of them as contractors to where they just want to go out, do their thing. They're not super organized. They don't want to spend time building something out. And if it's there and it can do it, you know, I remember like for our podium, we had to build out a bunch of drips and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh. Man, like that's a lot to where if it's turnkey, pay for it, it all runs. You can just click a button mm-hmm. and you don't have to be organized. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. For sure. When was the next one? Oh, yesterday I was talking to the guy I used to work for. And we had, we bought a podio that was really, really expensive. And we had to pay for it monthly. And then the person who was running it left. And then me and him both tried to, run it and this is way back when before i even knew like anything about tech and we're like we have to go pay someone to run our own crm for us mm-hmm. because we don't know what's going on mm-hmm. to where that was like an actual thing to where you don't really have that with the best refuse mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's kind of an issue that's kind of like a um an obstacle that you'd see with like a big company like a big um uh, like fortune 500 company where they can spend that much money on a on a crm which we kind of got away from that verbiage a little bit like if okay. you're like a big company, if you're kind of like a big company that's using Salesforce and you paid 30, 40, 50 grand to build a custom Salesforce for your entire business, you probably do have someone that's on staff that's just updating your Salesforce for you. 
and you know meeting with your team making sure everybody does it things like that but those are like huge massive companies it's like most of our clients are like mom pop you know real estate investors oh yeah you know for the most part so crm even though when i'm describing it it's technically a seller lead crm for investors that are doing direct to seller marketing that's the one sentence niche of our companies and clients um we started marketing it dan came up with this marketing dan schwartz the uh one of the founders as a lead conversion system and it still is a seller lead crm but it's more so just niched on capturing direct to seller marketing that investor that real estate investors are doing and then helping you follow up with those leads until the contracts closed why did you switch from a crm like what what was like the reasoning yeah. behind it i love that yeah that's like kind of the part that i left out there it's a little bit about like the big corporations like let's say like a big hotel chain like holiday inn or Hampton or something like that, they use a CRM because their clientele, the people that they would have in the database, it's like building a relationship. It's like somebody that you could contact, you know, 10, 20, 30 years and give them gifts of when they stay with you or send them promotions for when they're going to be flying out to another conference or something like that. Where with InvestorFuse, the people that you have in the database are sellers, where most of the time, 99.9% of the time, you're just going to do one transaction with them. It's over. And kind exactly. of, yeah, then, then that relationship is kind of over. So it's a, just a little bit of like a, kind of that distinction between like a huge like Fortune 500 company that has a custom built sales force for 50 grand and has somebody on staff that runs it versus more of like our space where it's like a mom and pop shop and they're not doing that. They want a CRM where... They want to set up where it's like they don't have to do much of the tech stuff or the least amount of tech stuff as possible mm-hmm. unless it's that small five ten percent of people that i come across that are good at that stuff and they enjoy it and it gives them energy uh, but still giving them support customer success proactively showing them how to use the tool and at the end of the day just saving time and allowing them to stay more so in like their genius zone and what they're good at and what gives them energy i love that bro That's mm-hmm. dope. let's mm-hmm. talk about you doing 75 hard Congrats on finishing, bro. Like Are you doing phase it. one? Not yet, because just as like a just as a single guy here locally in in Baltimore, I'm I'm gonna be hanging out and uh, just social with all friends and everybody down here. And I'm, I live in a neighborhood called Canton in Baltimore City, um, so I love having people over, hosting people, going to the gym and going to the rooftop pool at the gym and things like that. So I am gonna be drinking and chilling a little bit this summer, but. I'm anticipating to do that phase absolutely towards the tail end of the summer, like when football season started. Oh, that's even worse, bro. I drink more during football season. Yeah, that's true. I, I like the tailgate and stuff, but the e- the easiest time for me to do 75 hard was this winter. I was looking at it where I was looking at it originally where it would have ended right on Thanksgiving. So I could have just chilled and done that. Our business coach, um, software business coach, a lot of the SAS companies that you would know in real estate all have the same software business coach. He's absolutely amazing. Dan Martell, one of the most motivational guys I've ever seen. He's done like five different versions, 75 hard plus probably. Um, But he just, he describes in a really good way where it almost forces you to hyper prioritize yourself. And it kind of helps you tap into like finding your purpose and like your mission and like what you really can provide to the world, which is like, I love having deep, conversations like that and thinking about that stuff every single day. And I think that's a good foundation for just being able to have quality work, quality, you know, attitude that you bring to your workplace and your personal relationships and things like that. Um, 
but I was looking at it originally to end in Thanksgiving. I, it wasn't a hell yeah for me at that point, which is like, if anybody's listening to this and thinking about doing 75 hard, yeah. make sure it's a hell yeah for you. And I remember, I, I mean, hearing you on, on podcasts, I'm a big fan of the show and we've done the podcast and stuff before. So I know that there was some, um, you know, incomplete attempts for you at some point that you posted about. I love the vulnerability <laughs> on the post and things like that. Um, but then it came back onto my radar towards to do it. Um, so I started January 4th of 2021, which was the first Monday of 2021. And it seems like a lot of people did it that day, which is awesome. Um, but I was thinking like, you know what, out of everything that you have to do and just really quick, just to rattle off everything that you to do is two workouts a day that are at least 45 minutes each. One of those being outdoors, drink a gallon of water a day, read 10 pages a day, take a progress picture. What else is there, Strat? A gallon of water, take a progress picture, two workouts a day. Oh, and follow, then uh, follow a diet and no drink. Yeah. Follow a diet, no alcohol, and no cheat meals. Um, so for me, when I was when I was kind of planning and plotting of when to do it, I said, I said the one time that I can like the easiest time for me as like a young guy that likes to hang out and very social for me not to like go out. Cause that's a, just kind of how social norms are. Like even like real estate stuff, like before COVID and stuff, I was going out and meeting real estate yeah. people and going to Ravens games and Orioles games, meeting real estate investors or lawyers or whoever around us in the city um, and hanging out with friends. But I was like, you know what? It's a global pandemic. I'm not genetically made for cold weather. So the time that I'm going to do this is like winter. And I also like winter as well. Just going to bed super early, um, like eight, eight thirty, waking up four, four thirty, and just getting like really productive. Cause I think life is very seasonal. It's one thing I like about Maryland is that the the seasons, you get all the seasons here. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to knock this out in the winter. The worst thing about it will be I'll walk in like 20, 30 degree weather just on the Harbor here, you know, mm -hmm. for like an hour every day, that'll be the worst part of it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the intro and it, it was amazing. Lock on wood. I knocked everything out on the, the first attempt. We can go into a lot of back and forth here between me and you 75 hard, whatever you want to chat about, but absolutely amazing experience. If it's a hell yeah for you, definitely check it out. It's awesome. Bro, stuff. If it's not a hell yeah for you. Don't fucking do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not <laughs> worth the self-hatred it creates. <laughs> that's how I personally think, right? Cause if I do it and I see other people doing it, like, why can't I do it? Right. And then yeah. you get into that thing. If you're not that dedicated just to do it, it's hard. And I, I started phase one and I was like, bro, I don't want to do this because number one, the time management of it. And then number, I wanted to live my life a little bit, right? Like I wanted to drink with my friends. Like that's a, mm -hmm. again, like I'm really social. So like I wanted to have people over at our house. Let's go barbecue. I wanted to go drink mm -hmm. with my friends, go have a nice dinner. And then for me, food is a big thing mm -hmm. to where like, I want to eat good food. Everything that is keto tastes keto mm -hmm. and it's awful. <laughs> and like that so like i was ready for that next step but i'll start again like phase one i haven't decided when i'm really going to commit to do it but it brought a lot of momentum and energy into my life yeah like bro it brought in so much what was the biggest thing you got out of 75 hard yeah man that's a good question i mean i think it just changes you your personality and your operating system like i think i, I can't remember if we had went live or not yet at the time but I planned out to go visit my dad in Miami the night 75 heart ended. And yeah. I worked out there every single day when I was in Miami, I think except one day. 
like doing some jogging, surfing every day, you know, weightlifting at the, at the, uh, the little gym that he has in his condo downstairs. So I think a lot of it is like, and even my friends, my roommate's girlfriend was saying like, Oh, you're just like going to like this so much that you're not going to, you're not going to want to change. Like you're not going to want to stop drinking or doing two days and stuff like that. Cause just having that much activity and get like serotonin and dopamine flowing. And also just talking about compound effect when we're talking about saving time, either calling your prospects or following up with your leads. Uh, the compound effect of confidence that you get where you mark a day off your calendar. I have a calendar in my room that I put my workouts and I just cross the day off, say a little note to myself, like this day's done. We're going on the next one. The amount of compounded confidence that you get doing that day in and day out consistently throughout the journey of 75 days is like you get so much compound confidence from realizing like 99.9% of other people are not doing what you're doing and prioritizing themselves like you're prioritizing your own self. And it's a big thing to like what you tell yourself to where like Ryan Dossie, who's a friend of mine, and he made that video saying like, oh, the wholesaler who's putting out a bandit sign. I'm working on nobody else is working. You still need to tell yourself that like even later on in the journey to mm-hmm. build that confidence and like build that self-worth of you like deserve what you're getting because you've put in this amount of work for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then you got 75 hard that compounds on that too that I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and uh, I'm a pump for the phase one. The phase one ads for those of you guys listening that, that aren't sure it's 10 minutes visualization meditation per day, a five minute cold tap shower, and then completing eight critical tasks that you plan out at least the night before, right? That is that. That's what got me. I legitimately one day I was like, bro, I didn't plan my day, and I didn't sit down and think about what has to be done. And so, like my pro- my productivity shot up, even though I'm not doing it. Like for the what was it? We did it for a week, two weeks, <laughs> and it was insane because like I'm really like, fuck. Okay, it's one in the morning. I don't have this shit done. And so I'm sitting there at my computer hashing, hashing something out because like, oh, I can't fail. I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. Toward that is what um, the productivity that has put out of me has been pretty crazy. Yeah. And to be honest, like I am far from perfect. Like I, ever, I'm going to be talking about a lot of mindset and personal development and 75 hard stuff. I'm sure with Strat right now, but just as a disclaimer, I am not a guru and I'm like, I am far from perfect. This is probably what I'm able to do. 90% of the time for if we start talking about like rituals and 75 hard type stuff. Uh, and I will say with 75 hard, even though it's mass, it's extremely positive and a lot of positive things. Um, the next phase is going to be powerful for me because I realized that I let a lot of things slip and fall off the table. Like I hype, I hyper prioritize 75 hard. And I think in the 75, I should be doing Spanish lessons, for example, 30 minutes every day, Pims or Spanish. Okay. I just sent him. I just sent him to Nick Perry actually when I was hanging out with him Tuesday because he's down in Miami now. I need him to to learn Spanish with me. Um, but I only did Spanish lessons. I think like four or six of the days of the seventy-five hard, a thirty-minute yep. Spanish lesson, just because two hours were working out. I had my normal work day working like eight to four, nine to five-ish range. So it's not all you know butterflies and whatever the expression is it's not all positive things. Like a lot of stuff got pushed to the side. Uh, overall though, absolutely amazing. That's probably top of mind. The main like negative or the main uh, con I would say about 75 hard is it almost forced me to get rid of even, even other productive things. Okay. I can see that. 
what what is your morning ritual now and that's like helped you at least be successful and like keep your keep yourself sane mm -hmm. for me if i don't hit my mornings i will get depressed right if mm -hmm. i don't hit my morning and it feels good and everything else like i know my day will be shit and i'm mm -hmm. probably speaking that into existence but i just see a trend mm -hmm. no it's true and and as a young as a young lad when i wasn't sure what i wanted to do in life I would just kind of see like what successful people did and like millionaires, billionaires type things like that. And it's interesting, a big commonality that they all had is some type of morning ritual where they either spent time like either in personal development or working on their mindset, whether they even knew, knew it or not. My morning ritual is something that I look at kind of like every quarter, but it pretty much consists okay. of some type of meditation, probably anywhere from like a 10 to 20 meditation. As soon as I wake up, I say a little prayer, the cue, if you guys are big into like atomic habits and stuff like that, like the physical cue that I have where it's like an object that you see that helps you do it is actually, I have like a seat pillow from the final four in 2013 when I won tickets there in Atlanta, Georgia, when uh, Louisville won the championship, I still have two of those. So I have one that slides underneath my bed. So meditate, pray. I weigh in on my smart scale just to see my weight, body fat for the day. And then I have two journals that I'm currently rocking with now. I actually have them here. Um, one I got from Nick Perry project three, six, nine. So if you guys are into this and it says the keys to the universe, this was highly recommended from Nick and pretty much it is, I'll pop it open real quick. Just to show you a day. So you pretty much write your three goals in the morning. You write three actions that you're going to take to attract it. You write three ways that you're going to visualize it as a reality. And then in the afternoon, you write the same goals six times at night. You write the same goals nine times. And then there's some type of like I am affirmation. And it asks you about how'd you feel when you put in the work? What are you thankful for? Have you noticed any changes? How are you feeling as you write down your manifestation? So this I just started, I want to say like beginning of April. And then this is highly gifted. Also for the 75 hard things strat, which I'm sure you're the same way because you got an awesome following and obviously awesome dude. And people seeing you do it is I had two lovingly i call civilian friends people that aren't in real estate or like entrepreneur i call civilians uh -huh. so i had two civilian friends that just like i was just talking about 75 hard and they did it as well and completed it too which was pretty cool with you um yeah that yes yeah, timeline. i'll ask about that afterwards but yeah that's cool video. and then this absolutely amazing five minute journal talk about the same business coach he got he got this um he sent this to us so i ended up i've been getting this for gifts for people which has been really, really fun. But this is self-described, or they describe it, as the, uh, the journal for people that don't journal. And again, this builds in really, really simple daily structure. Let me just pull up a random page here. It has a nice quote at the top, and then it asks you to write three things I am grateful for, what would make today great. You write your own daily affirmations in. And then at night, you write three amazing things that happened today, and then how could I have made today even better? So your question kind of, and I'll, I can end on this, at least for this portion of the answer. In my opinion, the, um, the morning ritual really starts the night before. Yeah. Is how you get some momentum in life. So typically that includes some type of meditation, analyzing, but hitting both of those journals there and kind of a very stoic approach to life. Just kind of like some type of rhythm and rhyme to your reflection um, to reflecting on your own day and life and things like that. And always looking at the big picture. What were you grateful for this morning? I'm going to 
You're going to not see me. Let me double check what I was grateful for this morning on my phone. You're you're out of five-minute journal, aren't you? Yeah. Um, So for today, and I like it on, what's it called, my phone, because it forces me to take pictures of me and my family, or it forces me to take pictures I can add to my journal. So I was grateful for today. Family, good music. I've been listening to a lot of like indie hippie music, and then highlighters, so I can um, highlight the books that I'm reading. What will I do to make today great today the number one thing i wrote three times close a deal (laughs) and then my daily affirmation is i am financially free and that is always my daily affirmation love that dude yeah i do like really really high i do like really really high general level stuff or i'll do stuff in the future or just have some fun in it um so i put i am grateful for all my family and friend all my friends and family Yep. Meeting new people and all the love in my life. So I was just kind of on a relationship vibe today, but I'm always on a relationship vibe. What would make today great? I put it right there. I said fun strat brown interview. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Right there at the top. Having having fun and being present and kind of overlap, but this is a huge thing that I focus on living in the present moment. Do you you meditate a lot to be more present? I need to work on it more. I can't. Yeah, it's getting worse is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, book book market, like anything that you want to build in. Same thing. I'm going to talk. I'm going to drop my business coach again here t- today, too. But that's a good example of like, oh, I'm challenging. I'm, I have a challenge with this or I want to work on this. He would say, OK, cool, Strat. What are you building into your daily? What are you building into your daily actions or what are you putting on your calendar on a daily basis to help improve with that? So for me, yeah. Uh, morning and night, just because there's a blizzard of activity that goes on during the day that you have no idea. Like there's so many variables out of your control that can happen throughout the day for us and anybody listening to this. So, and again, I'm far from perfect. So I try to just bookmark stuff and have like ri- like a nice ritual in the morning and then a nice ritual at night. And then anything else that I can fit in during the day is kind of like a cherry on top. So yeah, some type of meditation or breath work pretty much as soon as I wake up. Um, and then ideally some type of breath work meditation as soon as I go to bed. And then in the middle of the day, you can download, there's a ton of apps. There's a good one that I like called beatfulness. If you just want like a one to three minute meditation, like middle of the day, even if you're popping on, I know you were reading your son, like a nap book before this, <laughs> before we got on live here. So say you put him down 10 minutes before and you just want to chill for like two minutes and focus on your breath. I would definitely recommend beatfulness is a solid app. And then I just try to fit those in during the middle of the day beatfulness i don't i get so restless during the middle of the day my girlfriend meditates during the middle of the day but like for me i i'm so 100 miles an hour Mm -hmm. i feel like i'll explode if Mm -hmm. i have to sit down and like meditate and not like think out a problem or something else and i know it's it's called derogatory is not the word but it's not good for me i need to be able to sit down clear come at it from a different perspective the uh, the cliche answer I can't remember who says it, but that but it's ever if it's ever a response like that, if your initial stimuli or response to to like hey someone says you should meditate during the day and you're like oh no fuck that if they're gonna <laughs> the cliche answer is like you should be meditating more <laughs> right oh my god and it, that's yeah. exactly it's like oh no fuck that I can't do that no yeah Inter- interview Jamil again and, and he'll get he'll get you he'll get you up to speed on all that. <laughs> Um, what are you? So, what are you trying to manifest in your life right now? And like, are you big into it? I'm. I still do the ten minutes of visualization because I think it's powerful. And I am mm-hmm. so woo woo. I think Bob Proctor is a prophet. 
right? Mm-hmm. So we're, I'm just like, oh yeah, visualization, law of attraction. I mean, obviously the work has to go into it, but having that always front of mind is big to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. And I could I could geek out on this stuff or talk about this stuff for hours. Um, one of my favorite people on that subject is Joe Dispenza. If you're familiar with him, what other what other good stuff does he have besides his book? Like I've only heard him on a couple podcasts. Where else can I go to find out more about that guy? Yeah, I bought some of his meditations online. I think it's drjoedispenza.com. Off the record, I'll send them to you on on Google Drive um, after the show if you want, or some point today. But that's the the main the main stuff that I've had from him is becoming supernatural, and then I buy some of his meditations off of his website. Okay. And then the, the show the show on Gaia, which is like a new a newer kind of like spiritual um, personal development type channel that's on Amazon is um, he has a show. What is it called? But the show is essentially that book, Becoming Supernatural. I can't remember what the show. Oh, Rewired. Okay. Rewired. And it's on Gaia? Yeah. G-A-I-A. So if if someone's listening to this and they'd rather like, you know, be on Netflix and watch it, like watch like productive Netflix, I would highly suggest that. Because kind of the the 80-20 of it is kind of like he goes about the science of teaching you how when you can change like the emotions and the thoughts, like visualization, you're trying, you're attempting to feel the emotions and feelings that you would have if you attained whatever you're trying to manifest. He goes into the science of how, how your brain literally is changing by doing that. And then you're almost like guide, guided towards that path automatically. And that's really what rituals, rituals and routines and intentional habit formation, stuff like that is really self automation. Like we're talking about CRMs and things like that, how you can automate different things. The stuff, yeah. the stuff that I'm most interested in is self-automation with your subconscious. Like when I was in college, the story that I tell, like how I got into real estate and things like that. Uh, I read it. I was not a reader at all. Going into my last year of college, I believe at University of Maryland, I played I played soccer at a small community college for a couple of years, and then I went to Maryland. But my last year in Maryland, I was very confident in like who I was as a person and communication and relationship, mm-hmm. sales, marketing, X, Y, Z. But I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I started reading Think and Grow Rich. And I think it's chapter four, which is called Auto Suggestion, which is like okay. you're intentionally programming your subconscious through repetition, whether it's like words, vision, stuff like that. And I was like, damn, you can really just like kind of automate how your personality is and things like that. So that was like 2012. And I've just been on a rabbit hole, kind of like studying that stuff and experimenting and reflecting and, and things like that. But I think the best ways to do it are having the morning ritual set up, evening ritual set up, and then just have some, you know, from the book, I think it's the happiness effect, something like that. Having like happy habits or like productive habits that are staples in your day, like reading, visualization and stuff like that um, in there as well. And that's just been super, super pow- powerful for me. What I liked about him and what he offers and that chapter four, Think and Grow Rich, everybody should read it. I think it's the Mm -hmm. number one business book, at least to get you going, Mm -hmm. even though it's not a business book. But um, with Joe Dispenza, it was how you're creating a new personality constantly. And -hmm. then you see like personalities aren't permanent. And I have people in my life who are, let's say, like old and grumpy. And I realized at a point in time, something happened to them. They held on to that and it festered and then it created a new personality. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's all it was to where I can create a happier person. And like this gets really, we're going kind of deep into the weeds, but you can create whoever you want to be. It just takes time. Mm-hmm. 
I love going deep in the weeds. Yeah, absolutely. I forget the exact way that he terms it, but I think it goes from like mood to behavior to personality, like depending yeah. on the duration of how, how you actually rock with that. But yeah, that and talking about like foundational type stuff, obviously anybody listening to this is going to be looking up strategical stuff on real estate and going to masterminds and things like that to talk about what's working marketing wise and how much you should be paying your acquisitions manager and stuff. But I like going super, super deep on foundational stuff, which I think this is the ultimate 80, 20, you know, leverage there is, is going fully deep on your mindset. But yeah, Joe Dispenza stuff is absolutely amazing. I would highly recommend people to check it out. Even it's just like a small portion. Like even if you're not super interested in this stuff, I think even just checking out like a small portion could be beneficial for you guys. Without a doubt. Um, do you have a vision board? Dude, I'm in the process of making one from Nick Perry's um, advice. So I have a digital prosperity and abundance box that I look at every single morning that's on my computer that's okay. digital. But then Nick and I were working out um, We're working out on Tuesday morning before work. And I literally took notes on what he did that I'm just going to copy. And I'm pulling up literally my note, the notes on my phone when I was hanging out with Nick. But he's going to get – he gets all his pictures off of Pinterest – for his vision board. Okay. And then what he did is he hired a graphic designer off of Fiverr to crop his face onto any of like the male figures that are on his vision board. And then he sends it to FedEx and he, he's printed out a huge like blow up for his home and one for his office. What? Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. I got, Absolutely. I got, I got one in mind and it's just like, pictures and then I have some words of like what our company revenue goals are and profitability and everything else. But it's been powerful, bro. Like I already, I didn't aim big enough because some of it's really, really long-term, like $30 million houses and mm -hmm. other stuff I'm reaching to where like, well, I'll have a Tesla by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. We have a couple e-commerce companies that have already come in fruition. What else is on there? And then like the revenue goals for common magicians that I thought were a couple years out are really close like really within reach which is awesome love that, uh, love that. dude so what i'm what to, to answer your question real quick on the manifesting like i talk about this stuff all day you probably have another interview and, and work and stuff coming up but um one thing that i thought <laughs> no one rush, thing that i thought was uh or one thing that i want to work on that's, that keeps coming in my particular activating system is tithing and how that's just an abundance game changer tithing, which I do not do. I do one off. I do one off donations to charities, uh, Bill Bill Allen's charity. But dude, your interview with Mark Evans first. I love the interview with Mark Evans, but also I proclaimed uh, the DM podcast my favorite podcast of 2020. That Bro. guy, like when you were interviewing him, I felt like it was me because I was. <laughs> I would have said all the same stuff. Like, dude, you literally are the best person at explaining i believe he calls it like tots like thoughts on the thoughts but just the way that he's able to talk about how the mind works but he's also into like like he talks about how the universe rewards you and he's very relationship and into gifting so it's like this big uh you know he's like an alpha a really alpha male dude but he's right. also into the same stuff so like he just speaks to me and is legendary and I, I was like literally laughing at the questions you're asking so i felt like that was like me asking those what's going on warren what's uh, up warren what's it I do some stuff with him one on one. So like I I ask him a lot of questions like that like every week. Like, bro, what the hell's going on? Like, how can I do this? How can I do that? But I think his mm -hmm. I mean, I love my podcast. I love your podcast. Him, but like I tune in for his. If Ed Milet 
would talk more on his own. I tune into Ed Milets and then Real AF. But like Mark's podcast, bro, I send them to people. Like you need to hear this. Like this is, bro. Like you need to hear this. This is gospel. It's yeah. It is so powerful. And then tithing for me, I have tithed when I have nothing in my bank account. The money's coming in, and then I put it out, and I know I'm still going to be good because like you have to deliver that abundance into the universe. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm not I'm not a god guy. Nothing like that, but I am a massive, massive proponent of tithing. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah, man, I, I agree. As somebody that's in the, the beginning stage, like I said, I just kind of do one-off donations if they come across my um, my virtual desk here. But like I saw you and Mark talking about it. Jason Medley was talking about it. Mike Stansberry, who I was doing a, an Investor Fuse customer case study with, was talking about it yesterday when I was, I think it was yesterday. Uh, was talking about it and they all said the same exact thing that you kind of just like explode and, and blow up uh, when you start tithing because you're just like signaling there's more there however you, however deep you, in the weeds you want to go here but bro go Mark as deep Manning, as you want we got yeah, as much he, time as you want yeah he he really um just resonates and that's even joe Dispenza's stuff talking about meditation like you can really tap into yourself but if you read certain books like i have one of my favorite books i think i have it here uh, me and Raul Balufe talk about talk about that book a lot by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. That changed my life. Dude, how good is that book? Bro, so changed my life. And I'll get really personal with this one. When, it, what's it called? Me and my son's mom broke up for the first time and I was just torn apart because I was like, oh, bro, you can't hold together your own family. That mm. book changed my life. Mm. Like, I, I don't know what it was, but I read that, felt so much more peace conquered a, conquered a lot of mental stuff to mm-hmm. where uh what is it a new earth was amazing bro mm-hmm. both those are, are absolutely absolutely amazing a new earth i read i want to say i read that right before coronavirus kicked off so i want to say february of last year okay and a new earth is talking about kind of like how there's this what's the term you want to say not plague but a disease maybe of people just too focused on their own egos. Um, and it almost laid out perfectly with coronavirus, just, you know, everything going on in the world and stuff like that and power of now. But I'm trying to think of a good way to synthesize this, but how you were saying earlier, how you struggle with potentially like meditating during the day and stuff like that, the power of now is cliche or simple as it sounds. It, it's a whole book explaining and really detailed visualize and give some strategy to, which I'll share here after this is that if you think about it, the present moment is really all you ever have in life. Like yeah. literally both have stuff going on. Your son's napping in the other room or, or near you. But like, if you really, really think about it, there's nothing besides just this small hundredth of a millisecond going on at a time. Like nothing is more important than that. And life is almost, you're a big, you're a big sports guy, um, DB cornerback. I'm more like a, I'm more like a slot receiver type guy. Um, but like what I love about one of the things that I love about sports is that it forces you into the present moment. Like a lot of times on plays yeah, that it locks you in the present moment or like my roommate was talking about Steph Curry the, the other day. He's on this incredible shooting streak of making like 10 three pointers in a game. It just stopped the other day against Washington against the wizards. But like when you have that muscle memory and you're able to like not think that's a big part of it, like not thinking and just flowing in life. That's what I absolutely oh, love is like flow. when you can just tap into flow. And the analogy I use, I know I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit here, but people see how like my, like my civilian friends, they'll see how regiment I am with stuff with like 
morning routines, evening routines, 75 hard, especially. And they're like, man, you go so, so wild. Like you don't allow yourself any, any freedom. And I'm like, no, it's really, that's the dis like that discipline and eat. And the more you do it, like weighing out food or rituals, anything like that, the more you do it, the more you, the less you think about it, the more automatic it is. And the analogy I like to use is like, it's just putting on like bumpers on a bowling alley. Like you can just, when, when you have those set up, those bumpers in life, you can just roll the ball down the alley and just flow through life and not think much and just be in the present moment as much as possible and just live your life and have fun and flow. Well, and you don't have that decision-making fatigue. That's a real <laughs> thing, especially yeah. when you're an entrepreneur or, I mean, not even an entrepreneur, you're going to, if you start to be cognizant of it, like if you can program those habits to they're not decisions, you don't have to grit your teeth to go work out. And it's just, oh, this is what I do. I'm on my walk and I've incorporated it into my life. Then you don't have to use that willpower to go do something else in the day. Like that's already there. bro. And so you can save that important energy you have to make key decisions for later in the day when they actually matter instead of, oh, I got to go work out. You have to force yourself out of there because you've already built that muscle. Hundred percent. And that's if I could redo the answer for seventy-five hard. That's a huge one. It's like your decisiveness. There's like your decisiveness is like no other. Like instead of like your brain, which is wired to keep you like comfortable and least amount of resistance. Like if you get to get your second workout in, it's like eight o'clock at night. Like there's no hesitation. You just go knock that out. Go for a walk at the gym, whatever. But yeah, exactly. absolutely. Everybody only has a certain amount of like willpower, um, a certain threshold of like mental exhaustion in a day, and that's why it's so important to try to stay in your lanes of like what gives you energy and what you're good at ideally for most of the day. I, I think that's the number one thing that people don't realize. And Mark told me to read this book three years ago, four years ago when I first met him, he was like, you need to read unique ability 2.0. Mm, you read that though? I think I have it right here. Unique ability 2.0. Unique ability 2.0 and get the workbook. This book changed my life to like really, and like I've done predictive index but it's going to put you through a series of personality tests and stuff mm-hmm. to you should really be doing these things. And like, what is it? Trevor at carrot talks about things that feel light and things that feel heavy mm-hmm. and it helps you identify those things. So as you are going into a partnership or you're looking to like do something else, you're like, no, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's not going to go well. It's not. And you can design your life to things are all light and it doesn't feel like work because you're doing what you, I don't want to say what you love. Cause I think that's a cliche but you're doing things that you're just good at. You like doing it. Like I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's what power now is read. I was rereading through some of it, just my highlights today. And it said like in in an ideal world in the future, like they're going to completely change the word work. And it's just, I forget how they worded it, but essentially to your point, it's like, you're going to kind of just be flowing and doing things that are fulfilled. Like they're fulfilling because there's some type of challenge to them and you're using some type of like, your own unique skill set mm-hmm. to accomplish it. They're going to change the word work to something else to your point. Exactly. How do you feel about ego? I think so. Ego is the enemy and right. And I'm all about that. But for me, I only have so much ego for so long and I need to take advantage of it while I can. Mm-hmm. So I can really push because mm-hmm. let's, let's say at like 40 years old, your ego has gone or it's not mm-hmm. as bit or it's not as hard. At least that's what I've seen. So I'm like, bro, you better just let this ego push out and like, I got to do this for my ego 100%, still be cognizant of all your family life and everything else. But I, I take advantage of the ego. Mm-hmm. How, how do you feel about it? I love that. I was, I, I wasn't sure which way you're going to take that. And I thought that this is going to be a response. I feel like I'm watching the, the, uh, the winning move Mark Evans interview again, but 
I think that the ego kind of gets a bad rap. You can definitely use it to your advantage, like you said, um, to almost almost like identification or like how you identify yourself or what identity you have for yourself, which you're, if you're a fan of the book, like Atomic Habits, that's really at the center of behavioral change or whatever habits that you're trying to bring on. It's like how you see yourself. So like when you're playing college football, and I know that this is maybe like everybody talks about this, but I love sports and I think that's awesome that you played. But, you know, if you're say, you know, I'm top 20 in the nation in tackles. Like if you, if you tell your, if you, when you're meeting people and you say that, like other football players, something like that, like when you get out on the field, you're going to be like, that's going to help you like be a beast. Like you're going to almost like automatically behave like that. Or, you know, oh, my podcast, like I had all these cool people on, like I interviewed Mark Evans DM. I interviewed these people. When you talk to somebody at your local meet, when you have, when you talk to somebody at your local real estate meetup, like you're going to come out as an authority in your space. Mm-hmm. It probably is the same thing in your marketing. Like, Hey, we're the number one home buyer in X area, or these are the testimonials that we have from people. Right. So I think that's kind of the, I think ego is, it's, it, or it is super popular just to kind of say, Oh, banish the ego, get rid of it. But I think there's a lot of positives to it. Like in those examples, maybe like in your marketing, when you play college football and pro and, and things of that nature. What I mean, what's it called? The greatest leaders of all time had some pretty big egos. I mean, mm-hmm. Marcus Aurelius is the guy who I'd My say favorite. like founded Stoicism, and he's like, okay, yeah, ego isn't so good, but I want to say Genghis Khan, who's probably the greatest conqueror of all time, had a pretty big ego. Alexander the Great, like these really, really big leaders, and maybe they weren't the best people, but like that's where it got there, right? And then you still, mm-hmm. I don't know, at least having a massive one, just knowing how to keep it in check, but like keeping it, because I think it is such a, it's a benefit because not a lot of people have it. And it's like mm-hmm. that drive, that chip on your shoulder to where you never want that thing to go away. And if you need to pull it out, you can pull it out and you can, it can take you somewhere. Mm-hmm. Very well said and agreed 100%. Yeah, love anything stoicism, anything Marcus Aurelius. I'm a massive fan of my family lineage. The names change uh, between Carlos Enrique and Marco Aurelio every generation. So my firstborn son will be I'm changing it slightly to Marcus Aurelius just because I love stoicism and that's cool gladiator and, and stuff like that. So that talk about a vision board or like my January letter or happy pocket full of money, which Mark mentioned on your guys interview. Uh, that's one of the things I have is like firstborn son, Marcus Aurelius. Mora. Um, so what does like the inside of investor fuse look like with all these things we've talked about? Like is everyone in the company pretty cognizant of that and pushing towards that? Pushing towards what exactly? The mindset. I really oh want yeah, to say. Um, yeah. I would say so in different ways. Like I'm definitely the most outspoken one about about this type of stuff. But in general, like the core value that I love is um, like constant, never ending improvement. Yeah. So that's a big one. That's a big one for me. And like they know that I'm always on personal development stuff. On your interview with Greg Helbeck, and he's friends with like um, Raul and. James Hawk and uh, Brandon Schwalm and stuff. I got, they told me about him in Miami, but you were asking him about like speed reading. Like how does he read so much? So that's one of the masterclass. I just got a mind Valley account for the year where it's a lot of personal development type stuff that have class you can take that are like 20, 30 minutes a day. So as I'm kind of like post 75 hard, I need to get my Spanish back in on a daily basis and then do the mind Valley. So the first two I got one was self self hypnosis for abundance which is very much like Joe Dispenza type stuff. And like, I love hip, like hypnosis and hypnotherapy is just like super intriguing. Cause it's like 
just another way for impressing your subconscious and changing your behavior. And then the second one that I got, but I haven't started yet is the really popular gym quick speed reading just because I buy, I buy more books than the pace that I can read them at. Yes. (laughs) That's where I'm at (laughs) to where I need to get through it more. And I think the number one thing that holds us back is how fast we can take in information and still comprehend it and and implement it. Right. But I can only take in so much and comprehend it at the same time. I can't just, I don't have photographic memory. I can just flip the page and we're good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, I remember Steve Trang had a good, he had a good post or a comment that he said, and again, life is kind of like paradox, like very paradoxical. Like there's two different statements that are complete opposites. And I think life and journey is kind of figuring out the both of best ends of the spectrum. But he was saying, um, because there was a post about reading a lot of books and he said that, he wished he just read Think and Grow Rich a hundred times instead of reading like a hundred different books or something like that. To an extent. And I have a friend who made a million dollars last year and he reads Think and Grow Rich and The Art of Getting Rich. And that's all that motherfucker reads. Damn. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Don't you wish don't you wish that you could split test life sometimes? Like if I went through like that's how I was talking about even with nutrition with 75 hard. Like that's how I talked with with John or CEO, like I even wanted to do like 70, if I could just split test it, like the same days, like I could just kind of rewind time, like doing one version where I eat like a carb based diet and the other one, like a keto, mm-hmm. like same example with that. Like I'd love to do one year if I just read Think and Grow Rich the entire year. And then one year where I'm this, I'm, you know, reading three or four different books at a time. I, I'm really, I'm a lot more into business books now. To where, like, I have to find more time for the think and grow rich stuff because you, uh, the business stuff is more, I think there's like a big machine that I'm like thinking mm-hmm. about all the time instead of thinking about, I don't know, the think and grow rich stuff is completely different, but you need that coming into your head all the time. Mm-hmm. 100%. And even with, um, and here's like another interesting thing. So we know re- reading is super important. Everybody tells us that reading is important. Mark Evans says he's read, read what, like five, over 5,000 books, something crazy like that. The interesting thing with reading and what we're talking a lot about this interview strat is like, it's not just the strategic and tactical stuff that you're getting out of the book, but in addition to like meditating or journaling or visualizing things like that, I think it really is leading to the behavioral changes too. Like, I think that's one of the best ways to impress your subconscious mind is reading too, mm-hmm. is endlessly, you know, listen to podcasts like this, listen to audible books, but reading is just like so instrumental in changing like how you see yourself and who you are as a person. If you're reading those type of books. Without a doubt. What is it? And then I'm trying to get it into my son early on to where we drive to school and I've been working on playing Bob Proctor every Love morning when, when we drive to school, my son's three and a half. I'm taking him to preschool and we're listening to Bob Proctor. Dude. I love that. And what is it? Chapter 10 and 11 that I think are uh, from you were born rich on his audio tape, I think is amazing. Like some of the best audio I've ever heard in my life. And we just listened to that over and over and over again. Amazing. It's, it's fascinating how everybody, or they say that your most like formative years of how your personality is or how you're wired and your beliefs and stuff like that is really those, those young ages, like three to six or three to seven, something like that. And it's funny because you don't really have any any choice in the matter. And that's part of the reason why I think that I I like it a lot to a certain extent is that I grew up with like the most loving family and friends and everything like that. Uh, and I still have tons of work to do. Like I still do pers- a ton of personal development. So 
I feel, I definitely have empathy towards people that don't have, you know, like amazing parents and stuff like that. that are paying, playing Bob, Bob Proctor for them on the way to school or wherever and things like that. And you had your, a post on your, your Instagram, even where you were telling your son, like, say you were telling him, like, say I'm amazing or I'm a champion. I can't remember what it was. Oh, bro. Those early to that. So every, every time before he goes to sleep, we go, and I've been doing this to him since he was an infant. I say, amazing. my name is Eno Brown. I'm the greatest ever. My name, is my name is Eno Brown and I can do anything. My name is Eno Brown and I'm unstoppable. My name is Eno Brown and I'm the smartest little boy ever. My name is Eno Brown and I don't cry. My name is Eno Brown. What else? My, and my dad and Kalani love me so much. My name is Eno Brown. I can do anything. And oh, and my name is Eno Brown and I don't quit. And I say that amazing. to him. I've, he's heard that every night since he was born. And just over to where like that affirmation that's there, that's going to carry that kid for a while to where if he grows up just thinking that and his dad's here telling him like, obviously we're going to work on hard work and everything else. Oh, and my name's Eno Brown and I'll outwork everybody. Mm -hmm. Right. So like all those things that are going into him that I'm programming my little clay malleable child into thinking he can do anything and thinking he works hard to where he's already and he's mm -hmm. and he's tough as nails. Right. So it's all been programmed into him because, you know, he's so malleable. Mm -hmm. dude that's absolutely amazing that's my favorite part of our friday afternoon conversation thus far that's absolutely amazing i love getting um seriously dude i'm like he's i mean he's already a stud like i've seen you post him since we became friends when we met we met originally in, in woodlands texas at the whole scaling event whole scaling yeah. but i think we, we may have talked before that on social media and instagram and stuff but that's like that's so freaking cool and it's going to be awesome seeing him grow up because that's literally just going to be his operating system whatever computer he has like the computer of his mind, like that's just like the operating system. Like, like you haven't, like I have my MacBook here. Like, you're just continually fine tuning his his operating system. And one of my favorite gifts to get, I have four nieces, and even some of my friends, either like kids or nieces, I get them affirmation coloring books where they're writing in Ooh. like similar stuff and drawing. Really, drawing in there. So they're kind of it's adding like an element of like another sensory or sense to uh to doing it where they're like coloring it and saying at the same time. Cause obviously super important. Talk about an 80, 20 lever, like a massive foundational lever. That's amazing, man. But I mean, if we can get to more kids and more kids think that way about themselves, right. To where mm -hmm. yesterday we had to do it on our podcast and he said, I'm just an average Joe. Who's a fireman. I was like, bro, the worst thing you can fucking say is that you're an average human being. Mm -hmm. I was like, like, we can't say that. Like we can't say those things as we put those things out into the universe. Like we truly start to believe that. Mm -hmm. And that is holding you back from reaching your goals. Because mm -hmm. the only difference, right? The only difference between me and Jeff Bezos is Jeff Bezos probably thinks a lot better than I do. Mm -hmm. And he's a really, really smart guy. But he thinks a lot better than I do. Can't can't cover wide receivers as well, but yeah, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> can't tackle. He's not leading the he's not top 20 in the country in tackles, I'll tell you that. But yeah, 100 percent right, man. And the, the more I see stuff that like, you know, high-level people saying that your inner thoughts, your inner, you know, kind of your inner reality or your outer reality is like a direct reflection of whatever's going on in your head. At first it sounds like woo woo. And I know that, that might miss some people that are hearing this, but, and I trust me, I used to think that I used to have a similar reaction to it, but as life goes on more and more, I, I think it's 110% accurate. Oh, last thing. And then we'll wrap this up. My head strength coach from college is the head strength coach of the Bengals now. Nice. And what's it called? His dad was an orphan. And raised him up on all of that, just like straight positive thinking. Uh, what is it? Law of attraction. 
his vision board growing up was to be a head NFL strength coach. Damn. Right. And now that's what he does. But then he was just talking about the number one difference between the top best people in the NFL and the average people besides hard work is their mindset. And he was mm-hmm. like, someone at some point in time implanted into that kid that they can fucking do anything. And that is the biggest difference. That's all just there. Everybody up there is freaks. He's like, that doesn't matter. He's like, but the number one thing between a dude who's a freak and a dude who's a freak or maybe like a below average athlete, but made it all the way like Tom Brady is like, it's mm-hmm. all up here. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen because everybody up there is just bananas. Mm-hmm. Dude could not agree more. Ed Milet has a diff- has a good way of talking about Brady too, of how he has all these different comeback victories and stuff like that. And he says what he attributes Brady's success to is literally he just identifies himself as somebody that comes back and wins games, like doesn't lose games and things right. like that. It's hundred percent true. And you identify as that shit. Yeah. Um, but we could go in. I'm, this is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Hopefully it doesn't go over people's heads, but if you study this stuff, your mindset is going to take you so far. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Any parting words, where can people find out more about you? Yeah, man, I'll leave with a stoic, a stoic word. I mean, best like strategical advice, me and me and Strat love Eckhart Tolle books, Power of Now and A New Earth. If you can somehow find a way to add that into whatever you're reading, I think that's very good for times like now, especially as we're getting out of quarantine and stuff like that. And a big reason I'm doing, I was doing 75 hard is I want to get some momentum as the country starts opening up. One of my favorite quotes is somebody we didn't really talk about it, but I'm big on like the weekly reviews. The last four years I do a weekly review like on Fridays where I do an interview with myself real quick and then I can use those in like my quarterly and annual reviews it's almost like watching a movie but just kind of seeing yourself what's going on stuff like that so the quote I'll leave with with is the unreflected life is one not worth living I can't remember it's a stoic somebody stoic but it's pretty much saying that you should have some type of rhyme and rhythm to reflecting on your life and being able to make like educated changes and pivots and find out where you can have moments of gratitude and forgiveness because that just helps you really live life and, and flow. And that's a big part of like what Strat and I use with the the five minute journal almost like locks that in like the morning and evening gratitude, like a nice simple staple for you guys. Power of now, a new earth and get a five minute journal. And then I'm on Facebook. If you want to Facebook me, my name's right here. And then my Instagram is at it's Los, my nickname Los21. And where can people find out more about Investor Fuse? Oh yeah, go to just investorfuse.com would be perfect. You can reach out on there and I'll see it. Hell yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. This is really Dude, one of my favorite episodes. A, pl- a pleasure and a privilege, man. I absolutely love the show. I'm not like, I'm a huge uh, love troll on, on Facebook and social media, so I never like anything. I always hit love and it's always, I haven't <laughs> seen you. Social Dilemma. I haven't Thank seen you, Social bro. Dilemma. I haven't seen Social Dilemma, but like, I think the Facebook algorithm knows I love the show. So I always see it pop up and give it some love, but always good to talk to you, Strap, man. And we'll catch up soon. All right. Bro, thank you so much for being a fan. A pleasure and privilege, man. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Winning Move Podcast. I hope it helps you make all the right moves in your life and business. Please make sure to go like and subscribe on any podcast platform that you're listening to. And make sure to go follow me on Instagram at Strat Daddy. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you soon.